Welcome to the Unleash Your Blog podcast. I am your host, John Meese from johnmeese.me. This show is designed to help you build a profitable online business from your blog, even if you can only spare 30 minutes each day. Every week, you'll be getting a behind the scenes look at what strategies are working right now for real life bloggers, people just like you. Are you ready? Let's unleash your blog together. This is episode 19 of the Unleash Your Blog podcast, and today you're going to be listening to in to a coaching call that I did recently with a good friend of mine, Robbie Miles from RobbieMiles.com. Now, Robbie has been working for a while on growing his blog through um, talking about productivity, about how to use a certain tool called Nosby, um, but on the side, he's also been spending as much time as he can working on client projects for myself and several other clients um, related to basically uh, helping with some of the technical operations behind the scenes of online business. Now, this call is a little unique in that normally when we talk about um, blog-based businesses or online businesses, I focus for the most part on talking about products, but Robbie had a lot of great questions about how he can clarify the services he offers and continue to scale that. So he agreed to let me hit record while we walked this conversation because I think there's a lot here to learn if you have any interest in growing your own services this side of your business. So this, a lot of this relates to specifically services for online businesses, but I also talk about how my own experience and how I've pitched high-end consulting services before, and there's a lot you can learn from that. So without any more ado, please enjoy. This podcast is brought to you in part by Notable Themes, a company that I helped create to help new bloggers launch professional websites without having to mess with the technical side of online business. Notable Themes is the only place you will find sleek and simple WordPress themes, plugins, as well as hosting services all in one place. That means we are your one-stop shop for building a blog-based business online, whether you are just starting out from scratch or optimizing what you already have. Get started today by heading to yournotabletheme.com. Well, Robbie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Good, good. Okay, so Robbie, you and I work together on a lot of different projects. Um, so... I know who you are, but just for the sake of focusing in on the coaching, why don't you give me a rough summary of who you are in relation to what you want to talk about today? I'm looking at moving more into the freelance and consultation market. I've been doing my own uh, website for a while where I write about pretty niche as far as uh, really focused in on task management and how to use Nosby, a task management tool mm -hmm. in particular. Um, but now I'm ready to, to take that somewhere else with it. And I've worked with a couple of different, both you and other clients, trying to clean up the back end of their site and streamline and help them organize um, what they're doing. And so I'm looking at trying to figure out how to actually turn that into a potential career or something like that. Yeah, okay. So um, you've, I know, Robbie, you've worked with me before on a couple different products related to mostly online course development, mm -hmm. right? And then we've worked actually with another client on, well, currently we work together with another client on projects related to just general kind of like technical operations, like backend, like linking up things like WordPress and ClickFunnels and Zapier and Drip and ActiveCampaign and tools like that and ConvertKit. Let me just rephrase what I think you're trying to accomplish based on what you just told me. It sounds like you're trying to build your freelance income to the point where it can replace your full-time job. That, right? that would be ideal or at least be one of the revenue streams so that I could do that. Okay, so you can transition away from your job. So that's, um, that's Admiral, Admiral, wow, I can't speak. 
<laughs> that's admirable. So I definitely understand the motivation for doing so. In your case, you um, have a lot of things going on outside of work. And Robbie, just for the sake of anybody who may be listening to this at some point in the future, can you give a little bit of elaboration on who you are outside of your blog? Sure. And what, you, and what keeps you busy right now? Yeah, outside the blog, uh, we'll start with first and foremost, I'm a dad of four. My wife also works probably 32 hours a week or so. So we are just busy around I mean, the house. That's a very exact number to be approximate. Yeah, very approximate, close to exactly. Um, in addition yeah. to that, I'm a full-time teacher at one of the top high schools in the country, actually. We're in the top 500. And wow. then um, I am an officer, an operations officer in the Army National Guard. So that takes up a decent amount of time. At least so one, busy. one full weekend. Oh yeah, there's a lot going on. But my goal is to help kind of do what I do to help other people streamline and organize. It's to do that in my niche with my life and really narrow in and focus on what I can be doing instead of having to spread myself so thin. Good. Okay. So on that note, what is it, Robbie, that you find attractive about the idea of growing your freelance income? What draws you to that? Why is that something you want to do in the first place? There's a couple of things. Um, the first one I would say is the freedom to work when I want, where I want, to be able to you know, take a break if I've got to go do something with the kids or um, my wife needs me to you know, do anything around. I can just put something on pause and go take care of that and then work when I need to instead of being tied to a particular schedule. So freedom is a primary motivator. That's that, important to you. That is good to know. Definitely one. And the other one is financial, of course. I want to uh, be able to provide for my family, pay off some debt. But I think one that, and this has happened in the last few weeks especially, to be able to help family and friends that need financial help, you know, if they're not able to do something on their own, instead of having to go sell a car or something, I want to be able to, and just this week, because of some of the freelancing I've been doing, I was able to just write a check and say, here, this is taken care of. And that was that wow. was cool. That's good. That's awesome. That's incredible, Robbie. Okay, so how can I help? What question or questions do you have specifically related to growing your freelance income that I can help you with? So you and I have talked before specifically about the three main kind of markets here. We discussed operations, um, content marketing, and customer experience. So I was wondering if you would just kind of tell me or define those a little bit more for me and yeah. then kind of help me narrow either where my strengths might be or what I might like best. Yeah, so um, this is something that's taken me some time to get some clarity on because I've bounced around when I've done freelance work or consulting myself. Um, but that I found that when we're specifically talking about businesses in the online information product space, you know, they're selling courses or eBooks, that kind of stuff, you know, the Michael Hyatt's, the Ray Edwards of the world, I found that Pretty much all tasks or jobs or responsibilities that come up on a repeated basis can be looped into one of those three categories. Um, either growth marketing, which growth marketing can involve basically any effort to specifically use marketing to grow the business. So that could be something like, for the example, like launching a new initiative to try to get higher um, SEO, like to get appear higher in search engines, or that could be in a new series of blogs or podcasts to promote a product or a service. 
That could be some sort of automated campaign that uses paid advertising to go into to a funnel to promote some type of product or service. There are a lot of different things that can fall under growth marketing, but it really, I specifically say growth marketing because I think that adds a lot more clarity than something like, for example, I know that there's some online businesses that they have a department they refer to as content. Mm-hmm. But I think that adds a that can be very easily misunderstood. Like when you're in content, you're going, okay, what's my primary goal? Is just to produce content? Like that's is that the objective? <laughs> but the reality is, like that's just a means to the end. Producing content, producing blog posts, podcasts, that kind of stuff. So content marketing is an important part of growth marketing. But it's but I would say a piece of content marketing would also fall under the other two categories, which are customer success and operations. This is my, in my mind, I use the term customer success more than customer support because mm-hmm. I think that it's a little bit broader, but also, but also in a different way, it's a little bit more specific and I'll explain what that means, but because <laughs> I realize that's contradictory. Um, it's broader in the sense that customer success and contains more than just answering emails or, or Twitter messages. Customer mm-hmm. success involves looking at products, content, and communication to find out how are we optimizing to ensure the success of our customers. And so people that are in the customer success camp, if they're dedicated and focused on improving the lives of the customers of a business, then they will, um, they'll have a number of different ways to influence that. And so that's, so, so on that front, that would include someone who answers support emails. That would include someone who puts together knowledge-based articles, but also someone who works on automated uh, email campaigns for onboarding. Like when you have a new, like someone buys your product, they get a series of emails that says, "Hey, you know, here, here's how to use this product." That kind of stuff. Did you have a question about that? Um, on that, so would yeah. they be structurally taking part in that onboarding and that type of thing, or? Would they work directly with that content or growth marketing person? I mean, every I mean, every online business kind of draws the lines differently, so not everyone <laughs> follows my advice on, <laughs> on how to do that. So, um, so I think that in an ideal world, in an ideal world, the growth marketer would be the one who is actually in charge of any outbound communication, communication that goes either public or to prospects or leads, like people who are on your email list or people who reach a blog that aren't necessarily customers. But in my mind, as soon as they become a customer, you need to flip the switch and customer success needs to take over. Now there's a little bit of crossover when you're dealing with things like um, the growth marketer may say, hey, we need to have some kind of upsell in there or some kind of campaign to existing customers to promote their other products. Um, That's fine, Mm -hmm. but they they need to do that in collaboration with the customer success, whoever's the head of the customer success. Um, Because the reason is, you need to optimize for outcomes. And what I mean is we're not optimizing for the tasks themselves, like what the tasks are called or anything like that. We're optimizing for what is the outcome you want. And in the growth marketing department, it's very clear. You want to use marketing to grow the business. So grow sales. (laughs) That's usually the biggest one is grow sales. But then secondarily, you want to grow traffic, download, subscribers, those kind of things. The people who are on your growth marketing team, or if you're working with a team, like if you're on the growth marketing team, (laughs) you need to be hyper-focused on growth. Not at any cost, but to the exclusion of pretty much everything else. You need to be hyper-focused on growth. If you're going to grow, then you need to be hyper-focused on growth. But that can very quickly cause issues for customers. Because if your only focus is and is growth, and actually, I'll, I'll, um, I have a blog post I wrote about this where we had this problem come up early on in my business. You may remember this, uh, Robbie, yeah. where we were together in an online course, and it was evergreen for a while, where like anybody could buy it. But I, naturally, am someone who... In, falls into the growth marketing camp. 
So I was spending all my time marketing, growing, scaling, and then people were buying the course. And then once they entered, they were like, okay, so are you going to improve the course? Are you going to add some new lessons? Like, what do I do now? (laughs) Yeah, this lesson's been, quote, coming soon for how many months now? So, and that became an issue. And this is before I realized like this distinction. The the reason why I was an issue is because I didn't have anyone in charge of basically advocating for the customer success department. And when you're a solo blogger, like I was at the time, like I worked with a couple of random contractors. Sorry, I didn't mean to refer to you as a random <laughs> contractor, Robbie. Um, but, but like, I mean, I was a solo blogger more than anything else. Like, I didn't really think of it in terms of departments, right. and I didn't have the luxury of having a team. Mm-hmm. But even having an accountability partner who could look at my business from the perspective of saying, hey, can you look at my business from the perspective of customer success? Like, that would have been really valuable. Right. And the third would be operations. And this one, I think, again... It, you got to own the outcome. So with operations, you're looking at how can you own things like efficiency, um, consistency, and I'd also put most finances under there. So when you're looking at like ex- expenses or profitability would be under operations. Okay. So, so personally, as a growth marketer, I would love it if my job every day was to show up and just like focus on making lots of money, like <laughs> on selling lots of products, getting lots of downloads. Yeah. So, and it took me a long time to realize this is what I want to do, which is, this is why it's important for us to talk about this, Robbie, is like, you don't have, you don't know right now and you maybe a while until you really know which of those like you really want to do. Because honestly, I'm good at things involved in all three departments. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. It's like, I really care about customers. And I really want them to succeed. And so like, I see problems when someone has a product that's does not optimize for customer success. I see problems and I get frustrated. And when I see a company that has really poor operations or inefficient operations, and let's just say they're paying $3,000 a month for software they don't use, I get really frustrated. Or if, for example, they're spending an inordinate amount of money on operations instead of like setting aside money for profit and tax. Like it's like it, I care about operations a lot. I care about customer success a lot. I care about growth marketing a lot. But if I could do one thing all day, every day, and I had to pick one of those three, it would be growth marketing. And the reason is, is I am the guy who wants to show up every day and I want to be able to hyper-focus on getting more traffic, more downloads, more subscribers, and more sales. And then with that in mind, be able to know that somebody else is in charge of making sure that as soon as I pat, basically I pass the baton, I say, hey, here's a customer go, you know, like make their life amazing. Right. Right. So when it comes to things like retention, that would be customer success. Like someone who's focused on keeping customers or decreasing refunds mm-hmm. um, or just basically making, keeping people happy. <laughs> but then at the same time, I also want to know that when I'm making tons of money that we aren't hemorrhaging tons of money because we're spending money on useless things. And that's where I would expect operations to, to step in and manage that. So right. would you, and, and this actually, this is, this comes from a concept that I got from Chick-fil-A. Um, When I worked for Chick-fil-A for many years, they transitioned recently away from the model of having a general manager in charge of the store. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, they recommend, Chick-fil-A corporate recommends that you have a series, you have a team of directors and you don't have a single general manager, but what you do have, you do as you have a group. And so you put those directors at a table together and together they make decisions that move the business forward. But you know, when you put them together at a table, like it is it trained in you when you're a director, which I was, I was a training director. When you are a director, it is trained in you to know that you're expected to disagree with other people there because each of you has a different agenda. Right. And your job as a team is to find 
the balance mm -hmm. because you have one person in Chick-fil-A, you have a director of operations, their job is profitability, efficiency, that kind of stuff. And so they're basically going, no, we have to be more profitable. We have to cut hours. But then you've got the, cust <laughs> the customer experience director there who's going, whoa, if we cut everyone's hours, then we're going to have all the terrible wait times and then our customers are going to be happy. And you got the train director there who's going, hold on a second, guys. Are you actually following the rules? That was my job. I was the guy. Who was <laughs> that was my job as I was like, guys, health code, health code. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so when it comes to online businesses specifically, um, and there may be other industries where this applies, I have found those three um, domains to make the most sense in most businesses, mm -hmm. that you've got growth marketing, uh, you've got operations, you've got customer success. So similarly, when I'm when I'm talking to someone who's interested in freelance or doing consulting in one of those areas, I recommend hyper-focusing on one of those areas because then it's just like when we talk about with blogging, you need to be super specific about who you're, like what's the problem you solve. Right. Consulting is the same thing or freelance is the same thing. It's just you have to be, in, in a way you have to be even more specific in exactly what problem you solve. And because the conversion rate is a lot lower. Like it's a lot harder to get a freelancer consulting client than it is to get someone to read a blog post. Right. But the payout's also higher. So as I look at that, yeah. I see um, my strength. I have two of them. And this, you know, this is that balancing between the army and yep. the teaching thing. Uh, I see myself a lot of ways as the customer success um, mm -hmm. because I just have that tendency as a teacher to try and help people learn, to keep them moving forward. And I guess in a, this marketing type, that would be through the funnel, you know, kind of to use the language. The more successful those students are, the more that's going to carry forward and help the other departments. I also see the operations, you know, as especially because that's kind of already what I'm blogging about is the behind the scenes, the, that streamline, that efficiency that consistency, that regular action that if done well should, you know, grease the wheels kind of thing. Yeah. So on that note, I think you're right. And since I've, I mean, we're in a unique situation here because I've actually worked alongside you and you've worked for me on certain projects and that I think you do have talents in both arenas. So are you familiar with the purpose Venn diagram? On that, you've got basically, a, you know, a Venn diagram of you know, three circles right. come together and they overlap uh -huh. in the middle. So one of those P's would be passion and one is proficiency and one is profitability. So I think with what you've described to me, I know that you have proficiency in both customer success and technical operations specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't know, honestly, if you have experience or proficiency in other sides of operations, things like finances and that kind of stuff. But right. honestly, most people go to like bookkeepers or accountants for finances, and then they're looking for, in the online business space, most people are looking for technical operations. Okay. So on the on the proficiency side, I think you have both. On the profitability side, you could you definitely have both at some level. And I don't know, honestly, off the top of my head, like which one of those would be more profitable. But honestly, I think the biggest question mark for me is which one of those are you more passionate about? Do you know off the top of your head? You know, it. it's tough. It comes down to the day sometimes, which yeah. is why I just need to, I think, pick one and then roll with it. Right. And, it I will share, and I will share a quick story on that. I picked one, right? I picked operations. That was my first choice. So I've already told you now, you know, the end of the story, the end of the story is that I like growth marketing, <laughs> but the beginning of the story is I'm like, man, I've never met someone who can run an organized business. This is frustrating. I'm going to solve this problem for them. I'm going to help people with operations. And so we scaled the entire, like we, I basically, Mies Works is the name of like the LLC behind my company. Mm-hmm. When it comes to consulting, and then we launched like M MW Consulting or Meesworks Consulting and like focused on helping 
businesses scale. And you know how this a little bit of the story. Yes. Operations became something that was very frustrating to me, overwhelming for me. I didn't it I I got burnt out by mm-hmm. operations. And it was not well, I mean, so I worked with women was a big consulting project working with bestself.co um, as they were scaling from being a Kickstarter project to doing last year they did just shy of three million dollars in revenue. Like that's a wow. big they you know like that's a big transition. So we did we did a lot to help them in that transition into scaling their operations. But um, at the end of the day, it wasn't a good fit because specifically because I'm not an operations guy. So you, so essentially, Robbie, you have to you have to pick one. Yeah, and it's good to hear your story and think that that's something that I can actually pivot in. If I pick one now, I can shoot for it and work with and potentially find these clients and then figure out, okay, that might not be the best use of my proficiency, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the hard part for a very talented person like yourself is that you do have proficiency. (laughs) You're too kind. (laughs) (laughs) You do have proficiency in most areas, and that can be really rough. Like it sounds like a first world problem to say like, oh, it's 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 tough to be good at everything. But you know, the reality is like you know like you gotta you gotta figure out within what you're good at like what can you actually wake up every day excited to do and right. like really like what gets you fired up. Now with with notable themes, we've transitioned now so that I'm almost completely growth marketing. I still manage customer success. Mm-hmm. Um, so currently we don't have like a director of customer success. We have a customer success advocate. Basically that's his title. Mm-hmm. And so he does support knowledge-based articles, onboarding emails, that kind of stuff. And I just give him pointers and advice. Like I've right. told him, hey, your jo- I went through the same example we just talked about saying your job is to own the battlefield of customer success. My job is to own the battlefield of growth. That gives me a lot of good direction to, and stuff to work with there. I think we talked about this previously. But how do you approach these freelancing or consulting clients? How do you find them? And then how do you move forward as far as monetizing? Is that hourly consulting or do you do? So I don't think I've ever really talked publicly about my like consulting or coaching practice. So I do have to like put the disclaimer that I'm weird. I cannot stand the idea of selling my time. Like it, to me, it is akin to slavery. Uh-huh. When I had an hourly job and I got paid hourly, I I I felt like I was agreeing to slavery. Basically, they would pay a small amount to own my time, to own my life. That I was selling my life. Right. So that's a little extreme, and that's okay. I'm okay <laughs> with that. I'm okay with being a little extreme on that. But I think that kind of answers your question a little bit. And that like I don't do hourly, and I just tell people like, oh, I don't sell time. We sell. I sell outcomes. Right. So that's what I try to focus on. Is um, so I do a flat rate. Um, and typically, what I try to do is I try to do some combination of a retainer, so like some certain amount of like paid amount every week or every month, depending upon the project, and then a percentage of a commission on results. Now I will say that works better in the growth marketing side because I'm actually like like the results are things like increasing sales. So it's easy to say, okay, well if I increase your sales give me three to five percent. So I will say like that's something to keep in mind um, is there may be some sort of hybrid op model and different clients are comfortable with different levels of that. Like um, when we were with BetSelf.co, it was just a straight, um, it was just a set flat amount each month. Okay. But th- then also I, I find, because I have friends that do freelancing, I don't really do freelancing, I do consulting. Mm-hmm. But is there really a difference? And I think that's one of the things that you have to ask yourself because there is a significant difference in presenting myself as the consultant. And this is this is a preference piece too. So like this may not be important to you, but to me, it's important to present myself as the consultant because then I come from a position of 
expert authority and leadership. Yeah. And so it allows me to have influence in a way that's different from a freelancer because a freelancer typically, while they may actually be an expert in their area, a freelancer is typically expected to act like an employee and act like someone who's doing a job that someone else assigned to them. Right. So using Facebook ads as an example, you might hire a Facebook ads freelancer who basically they just like, you tell them, hey, I need some Facebook ads to promote this product. And they say, all right, great. I set it up. You know, like that's freelance work. Mm -hmm. A Facebook ads consultant or a paid advertising consultant is someone who comes into your business and says, let's look at your strategy. Hmm. Okay. I think we can improve it by doing this, this, and this. All right. Let's launch an initiative. Right. So there's definitely a distinction in like what you're offering. Um, and I would actually just add as a, like the further disclaimer or the further clarification that there's a, dis, there's a big difference between coaching and consulting. Right. And so like this kind of conversation, coaching, the way, the main reason, the main way I add some distinction in my mind between coaching and consulting is that coaching is when I tell you what to do. Consulting is when I do it with you. So I'm coaching you through it and consultant. I'm like, I'm like right next to you. Like we're in the trenches together. Right. Whereas a coach, I'm, I'm standing outside the trenches saying, good job. You can do this. You know, like, you know, actually telling you and actually saying, Hey, turn left up here. Like, so there's, there's a distinction there too. Some people use the terms interchangeably coach consultant and you know, like it's no skin off my back, but I find it's helpful for me to add that distinction between yeah, coaching I, and consulting and then freelance. I like that. I like that. It helps kind of narrow in on what exactly is expected of you. Yes. And, and this is consistent across industries. Something I've talked to many different people who do services of any kind. Expectation management is an <laughs> ongoing need. So every time you start to go, wait a second, was this part of my original agreement? Was this part of what I agreed to do? Pause, look back at your agreement, which hopefully you have in writing and see if it is or if it's not. And if it's not, that's okay, but that just means you have to revisit it. And so recently, like working, we were, we were together. I'm a consultant for the Speaker Lab for Grant Baldwin's company, his website. And so recently, like I was originally brought on to help with their content marketing strategy. And then I ended up helping with a ton of stuff related to like automated webinars and paid advertising, that kind of stuff. And I was like, and I just had a conversation with him. I said, hey, um, so we, I get that we're working on this project and that it's important, but it is literally nothing to do with what was actually in the, <laughs> the, the, the contract we we, when we started working together. So can we revisit our arrangement? Right. So we revisit our arrangement and we actually got clear on like what it is I do and I don't do. And I explained to him from my perspective, the importance of making sure that I did just growth marketing stuff. Cause I was also getting stuck with some tasks related to basically technical operations, basically because I know technology, it's easy for someone to go, Oh yeah, yeah John can do it. You know? <laughs> um, and I was like, no, I don't No, I'm here to do growth marketing. Right. Uh, but in addition to that, we also, we visited my financial arrangement saying, I was saying like, look, if you know, if I'm going to be on the hook for, I'm in charge of revenue across the board, of growing revenue across the board, um, then let's lower my retainer and add commission. So that's what we, so like, those are all things we did where I was like, I'm willing to take a lower retainer, a lower monthly or weekly payment. If in exchange, I have some investment in the actual outcome, the actual results. Right, right. Well, that's awesome. So um, I hope that provides some clarity. Yeah, on. definitely. Give me something, something to ponder and a couple, couple points to really narrow this down. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. So what are you thinking right now? What do you think the next action step is for you to move forward with this? I think the next thing I need to do is actually decide which one of these three areas to focus on and then figure out whether to coach, consult, or freelance. I think good. once I have those two things together then I'll be able to either 
put together a business plan or actually have either a product or a service that I can offer. That's good. Well, and I think one thing that might help you in that process as you get clarity is think of an example. Just set, you have to, this requires a mental exercise. We have to mentally set aside everything I just taught you. <laughs> and you just pretend like you don't know it. And you just have to go through mental exercise of imagining yourself wor- working with your ideal perfect client and like mentally walk through the relationship. Like, so you wake up in the morning and you check Slack and you've got a message from them and you add a to do list for tomorrow, whatever. And then you you work backwards from there. It's basically like think of what kind of problems you're helping them solve. And this is a constant theme that I'll come back to is what problem are you helping them solve in their business? And once you get clear on that problem, then you can move backward and it, be, and it becomes pretty easy to actually tie that back to, okay, so wait a second. I guess I'm a technical operations consultant or <laughs> I'm a customer success freelancer, you know, like, or, you know, a customer right. success coach, you know, like that's, it's easier to work backwards if you start with what's the problem you, you that you help solve and right. then you build in things like what type of service you offer that's awesome so good i hope that provides some clarity any uh final questions or anything no i think that, that that covers a lot of it okay cool so one last thing robbie why don't you give us a quick shout out about where we can find you more information about you online all right you can find me at uh robbie that's r-o-b-b-y M-I-L-E-S dot com or you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Miles. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for your time today, Robbie. Enjoyed talking to you. Would you believe that it's possible to build your online business in just a few hours each week, even if you already have a full-time job? Think about it. What could an extra $500 or $1,000 a month mean for your family? What would be possible if you doubled your household income one year from now? I am living proof that this is 100% possible, and I want you to experience that same success. You can get a crash course in online business strategy today by joining Project Launch Bootcamp, an online training program I've developed with a couple of other friends who also make a living from their blogs. You don't have to do this alone. In fact, if you join today, I will meet with you one-on-one for coaching free of charge. You may even be featured on this show. Join today by heading to projectlaunchbootcamp.com. There you have it. I hope you found today's podcast episode helpful, and I hope that you've been able to take some lessons away from this conversation with Robbie about how you could possibly narrow your own coaching or consulting services or freelance services, now that you know the difference between those, and take those to the next level to scale, niche down, and ultimately to raise your prices and work with high-end clients. Uh, One of the main things that we talked about there at the end, I think is an important lesson, whether you're talking about scaling your products or your services, it's just getting ultra clear on what is the problem you help people solve. It's very difficult to focus on that rather than focus on what your product is or what your service is, but you have to forget that for a second and find out what is the problem they have and then build your product based on the answer, based on solving that problem. So I hope you found that helpful. Once again, go to unleashyourblog.com slash 19 to find the show notes for today's episode, as well as uh, an Unleash Your Blog action guide we put together. It's a free download with some resources to help you scale your online business. And if you've enjoyed this podcast or found anything helpful, I would really appreciate it if you would go straight into your podcast player um, or go to meese.tips slash review to leave a review on this podcast with your honest feedback. And that helps us get discovered. So I truly appreciate that if you have a moment to do that. Thank you for listening in and we'll see you next week.